I hate the sound of my voice when I hear it recorded. Do you? I think I sound really odd. No, it, it's quite like smooth radio. It's, 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 <laughs> I used to I used Hello. to do student student radio. Did you? Was, um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I used to do the rock the rock society radio. <laughs> the rock society every every uh, night, like, well, every Wednesday uh, night at like eleven to one. <laughs> me and a guy called John would um, would normally have a couple of beers and then go and play some heavy metal. Excellent. It was great. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Should we start? So welcome to the National Food Service podcast. Should we call it that or should we call it something else? Because is it, is it a it good name? It does what name? it says on the tin. It does what it says <laughs> on the tin. Yeah. does what it says on the tin. It'll be fine. <laughs> welcome to the National Food Service podcast. Who are we and what are we doing here? So... My name is Elliot, um, and I work with an organisation in, in Sheffield called New Roots, who are a a cooperative grocery store, and I don't know, do I need to explain any more about who I am? I mean, maybe it will come out in discussion. Maybe yeah, yeah, okay. I think that sort of yeah. broaches, broaches my, how I got involved <laughs> with the National Food Service. Um, I spoke at the, the National Food Service Symposium uh, late last year. Yeah. So uh, my name's Louis, and uh, I'm well, started a project called the Foodful Project um, about four years ago, and we were really concerned about how we can um, tackle food insecurity um, and look at food um, as a kind of uh, a, a more of a human right. Yeah. Um, and I'm Molly. Um, I am also lived uh, live in Sheffield. We're all based in Sheffield, and I uh, got involved in. I can't remember when I got involved in Food Hall, maybe about six months or so ago. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's it, it basically functions as a sort of community centre um, that is based around food. They have a space in Sheffield uh, and people come and they get sort of uh, collections from the local supermarket and people make donations and then it's all sort of cooked up uh, on an afternoon into uh, people that, uh, into food not to people, that's the wrong thing, <laughs> into, <laughs> into food that can be shared around the community. Um, so, yeah, we've touched briefly on, on what the National Food Service is. Um, I suppose, really, the heart, the heart of it is that the National Food Service is this idea that lots of different organisations that function like Food Hall, which are sort of not-for-profit organisations where people can... Uh, can share food and come together around food, uh, all get connected in a kind of network. Which is the, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that like the um, the idea at the moment was to um, we it was it really started when um, I mean there's been a lot of discussions between us like New Roots um, right. kind of come and visit and like lots of different organisations in Sheffield kind of visit each other kind of cross collaborate um, albeit in a kind of informal way at the moment um, and I think that the um, what really kind of uh, helped galvanise some 
some traction behind this idea is when we kind of got visited from a lady named Marsha Smith and she came over from Nottingham in Sheffield. Uh, she came over to Sheffield from Nottingham and uh, was doing a research project to, because she was looking to f- help form local networks of individual food um, kind of projects and help them kind of scale a little bit more uh, with maybe some support from local authorities and kind of contextualise them. So from our discussion, she's a really passionate and incredible lady and from our discussions we decided that perhaps uh what we saw was that there was almost a parallel of what's going on in Sheffield but in Nottingham and you know you look at different areas of the country and you see see these kind of like see these kind of parallels of like organizations uh doing similar things um and kind of trying to work with one another but also um perhaps there's a possibility that if we can structure these things in the right way we might have a bit more solidarity around them and also we might be able to um, sustain ourselves and scale uh, because we will be better at sharing knowledge and information between the different organizations so yeah the the national food from this we decided to have this incredible event um, called the national food service symposium yeah tell us a bit about what was what was discussed at that how how was that run what was that so the National Food Service Symposium was um, essentially a kind of an open call for people active in the the kind of food sharing, food sustainability, um, food insecurity kind of space at the moment to come together and over a course of a week share their knowledge with each other and attend a series of talks between academics, activists, kind of and anyone in between that is a really like key figure um mm. in a local area but also we've got some incredible academics like we've got feedback global to come give a give an incredible talk we've got robin dunbar from the university of oxford to come and share some of his really world-changing research did you say that you spoke at the symposium elliot yeah so i was there i i i i was there partly uh it wasn't doing a particularly new roots oriented talk but i was there talking about the kind of the interplay between kind of utopian philosophy and, and how how interesting it is that um, um, so often when we, we look at utopian fiction and we look at examples of utopian societies in kind of popular culture, how often it is that they involve a role for sharing food mm. in in these the, these utopias. Um, I'm trying to think of an example now, but I can't. I won't be able to think of it. If anyone's <laughs> been watching the new the new Star Trek uh, on on Netflix, Star Trek Discovery, there are there are it's replete with scenes of them eating together in the kitchen on their ship. Yeah. So yeah, instead yeah. of just showing us uh, space battles and and new planets, um, Star Trek has always taken the time to to show us. Um, <laughs> really quite intimate domestic moments of yeah. people eating food together which is really interesting because it, mm-hmm. it in many ways shows a, a utopian society and it had it, it's interesting that they they decide to take place for that and that's they're not they're not new in that uh when we think about ideal communities um food sharing is a continual undercurrent in mm-hmm. in these and you can see it all the way back to, to plato i talked a lot about plato in mm-hmm. In Plato's Plato wrote two utopias, um, one partic- really famous one in in the Republic, which has uh, devotes an enormous amount of time to talking about food sharing and like communal meals. But even more impressively, in his later, slightly more jaded 
kind of work, the laws he uh, <laughs> he devotes, uh, yeah, uh, an almost central position in his political community to to sharing food and eating together. But that's interesting. And, so I talked a bit about that. And there has been some there that has been some research done on actually. Um, I don't know the details of this. You, you guys probably, hopefully, will um, of of the sort of positive sort of psychological effects of eating together and building those communities and having those not not just um, community groups but community spaces, like actually having a physical space where people can get together, uh, be that a park or a library mm. or a, or a food hall. So this is the, yeah, <laughs> this is. I mean, this is interesting because it's all really kind of coming out in the net last sort of five, ten years that we've been getting like consistent kind of academic research which says that one of the the major contributions to being on feeling bad on a on a day to day basis, other than mental illness, is is eating alone. Mm. Um can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, I think it I think it's like the second biggest cause of like unhappiness. Unhappiness yeah. other than pre existing mental illness is regularly eating alone. Which is an epidemic, really, when you think about it. Um, and we, we've, so um, I'm really interested in architecture and spaces. And when we look at the kind of city fabric and we think about it in this under this lens, you realise that a lot of our um, community spaces, or uh, if historically people did cook and eat a lot more communally, um, but they would also do this in a shared kind of non-profit basis it would be very kind of domestic level um sharing but with a wider amount of people mm. um partaking in its creation and you see it still see this in numerous different communities like um, a huge number of communities across across the country and the world and for example you still see this in like large jewish communities you still see this in kind of uh, hindu communities like the gudwaras for instance in um in india they the golden temple feeds up to two hundred thousand people a day and this is a huge voluntary effort um which also means that it's a kind of a almost an entirely different um economy um which exists which is a voluntary economy and it's taken very seriously there and i feel like in the uk um people do eat alone a lot more because we haven't created or really put an emphasis on the shared creation of these kinds of spaces the kind of not just the food in the the food sharing spaces but also the infrastructure behind it and how we kind of um allow that non-profit economy to really work um so yeah it's it's a fascinating uh kind of dilemma that's maybe linked with the research say people like robin dunbar are doing that regularly eating meals alone is the biggest single factor for unhappiness besides existing mental illness and and then like people like Marshall Smith, people like Megan Blake in the University of Sheffield. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of um other kind of uh, spatial um changes that we need to do in the way that our city works in order to increase happiness. Yeah, we, I mean, with we the talk about we talk about Look sometimes at. the 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 architecture of isolation. Mm. Which is so when when we it it's this so what the work that Food Hall is is doing in creating like a social a social public space that um, people can do these these kind of activities which have historically become domestic activities things you do in the home it's it's not even like this is a new and radical thing that we're trying to change it's this was something that 
used to happen in the UK and, and yeah, happens in I mean, many places around the world today, right? Just mm. going back to sort of wartime Britain or is it slightly post or pre-war? You said there were spaces, a lot of these spaces in Sheffield. Yeah. So um, one of the p- incredible speakers that attended uh, the National Food Service Symposium was Bryce Evans. And Bryce is doing doing some incredible research in the university, um, Liverpool Hope University. And he is looking at wartime social eating spaces. And he's discovered that one of his kind of um, big statements at the symposium was that, OK, we're talking about the National Food Service Symposium, but paradoxically one actually already existed 100 years ago and there were uh, up to he he mentioned that there were up to 17 spaces in in Sheffield which were colloquially known as communal kitchens um and then they kind of got rebranded during the war efforts or the war struggles into uh into like national kitchens um and then they eventually became British restaurants. And this was in part a kind of a tiered and nuanced worry um, by the kind of British politicians of the time because they witnessed all of the things that that were happening around the world and they were worried or concerned about the rise kind of communism. Um, So you see the decline in British open domestic culture um, which could have essentially been a really fantastic public service that might have been exactly the same as the NHS. And a lot of people speculated that food um, sharing would be, uh, would there would never, one of the most prolific authors of the time, Bryce quotes, um, says that he couldn't envisage a time when social eating spaces or like food sharing spaces and commercial spaces didn't exist in tandem with one another. Because at the time that that was one of the things that really really happened. So yeah. it's it's really fascinating how these political struggles eventually made or um, kind of removed um, what really was is a part of kind of you know essential part of human activity from from our um, collective imagination. So um, really, the current current resurgence of that is um, is a fascinating thing. And yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah. I think I think we really need it at the moment as well. I think homelessness mm. is the rise it's becoming quite a severe situation um and so we talk a lot about joining the dots don't we um in the in this idea there's Mm. um this idea that the sort of public space that food hall is and that a lot of these other spaces are um sort of connect these different issues and in a way they can solve all of these different issues you've got the issue of food waste then you've got the issue of people going hungry well they can obviously solve each other then you've got the issue of trying to uh, produce things in a sort of environmentally sustainable way um creating sort of you know high quality crops and all that stuff um and we talked a lot about our meeting which i'll get onto in a minute we had our first working group meeting last week mm. um we talked a lot about how we can link in a lot of different ideas into this national food service yeah, so I mean, the, the the like you say about food waste. I mean, I think it's important. I think to touch on the role that food waste has on the work that we do uh, as food hall and and how it kind of um, might affect our, our thinking about what a national food service does and involves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think we're we're reaching at almost a time where public awareness of of like the problems with um food waste culture is is at an all-time high and probably 
almost again in parallel with World War Two when we were mm. extremely worried about food shortage and um, being extremely, you know, stigmatizing kind of food waste. Mm. Uh, it, we're almost kind of people are, are becoming increasingly aware of. Um, the mm. the amount like the sheer amount of of waste that is created. Um, so I often think that um, of um, sort of libertarian uh, socialist thinker Murray Butchkin when he talks about us living in a kind of post scarcity era where mm. we we have enough food to to feed everyone. Mm. Uh, you know, several times over, mm. except it we we live under a kind of social system that distributes it unfairly and inefficiently. Mm. But the way that that Food Hall and a number of other organisations in Sheffield and around the country work. So I'm thinking of mm. the Real Junk Food Project, mm. um, the Disco Soup mm. movement. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can name check some more. <laughs> yeah, there's now. a the Super Kitchen, for instance. There's there's a yeah. ton of um, Open Kitchen really, Social Club. Oh, yeah, welfare, the, welfare. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of ton of uh, really incredible. Um, kind of organizations doing equally kind of passionate work on this subject and i think that that was one of the things that we really uh, i think we're quite hopeful um about with something like a national food service um as an idea which is actually that maybe this is kind of an open repository that people can consolidate efforts around but also can kind of have a shared belief in you know a shared aim um which could be really nice and it's kind of an open aim that everyone can kind of partake in and like it's not really claimed by <laughs> any one individual yeah, party yeah, yeah, yeah. So, i think that that's a really important thing about it so know? it's like almost this this waste this weight this surplus food that's generated by our kind of inefficient supermarket culture it has provided a, a huge kind of ex- a, resource that we can we can tap into to create mm. um these spaces and there's still lots of room for expansion here so i'm thinking that the work so the food hall project feeds perhaps like uh 30 90 people a week yeah it can feed more than that i, I think that yeah. it depends it fluctuates from week to week so we might on one day we might feed 30 the other day other day we might feed 70 depending on how the weather is outside yeah, yeah, yeah. it can sometimes it can be this really incredible magical experience where you just have people from all walks of life coming and sharing food together and this uh, this is very rare that would otherwise be going to to landfill yeah so so the idea i think which is really um important to recognize is that there is this statistic that around 30 to 40 percent of the world's food is wasted which technically means as much food uh, that's being sold could be given away for free and with that statistic alone you can start to track um kind of parallels to other public services that have built and developed in the past so for instance there is this kind of analogy where if you look at how the public library developed someone didn't just say okay we're going to make a public library what what really happened was there were there were always kind of private libraries which had you know written documents um because written documents were very scarce um it wasn't it wasn't everywhere it wasn't widely distributed um but then there was a lot of technological innovation which meant production went up but also meant that you everyone kind of had access to this but also at the same time there was a surplus of them so when there's a surplus of um and when there's a surplus of things you can kind of parallel this with 
the potential to create a new public service. So, for instance, with the the books, um, people would kind of galvanise these kind of resources and make things like workers' libraries, first of all, you know, which were attached or uh, attached or annexed to their kind of um, to their workplaces and their environments and then eventually these kinds of things because of their co-creation and because so many mutual actors were involved in creating these um, public libraries what they could then create was um, a you know there was a kind of movement and the political will kind of opened up uh, opened up a political space for people um, to say hey, you know what, we're going to kind of actually make these a kind of government subsidised thing as well. We're going to kind of give this a bit more support and we're going to actually understand this as a real thing that people really want and they need. Um, So then the public library emerges as a system. Uh, And in many ways, there's a, there are some absolutely fascinating, you know, some fascinating buildings some fascinating architecture and some fascinating kind of uh, places that have come from that but at the same time if we were to do things again and we were to look at like how um, we might structure a new public service for example perhaps um, keeping the uh, integration with the local community and and continuing to have the local community to be able to um, co-create this system might be a really good uh, really good idea because I think that some of the disenfranchisement with previous public services um is is and is is perhaps and kind of is perhaps due to people not feeling like they have a stake in it yeah Yeah, they're a kind of mutual engagement with it so uh, i think the co-creation and the public creation of public services is really really important still it's Uh, it's not just provided to us resilience i mean like libraries Mm. is the best example because oh yeah yeah yeah. the library system is um this is the winter of its discontent i mean uh, there are (laughs) there are uh, libraries closing up and down the country, uh, formerly paid mm. roles becoming voluntary roles, mm. and back back in in uh, what year are we in now? Twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty sixteen. People were talking about um, libraries, the public library system not surviving the next five years, mm. um, and yeah. so this is this is another thing about how we might envision a a national food service down the road is one that isn't subject to kind of political will in that mm. way. It's Absolutely. not subject to what's on a government's agenda. It's it's created by us and it's made by us. Mm. And we took we did talk a little bit this about this at our uh, last week's meeting where we sort of said, you know, we'll we'll hopefully potentially be looking I mean nothing's locked down at the moment and that's one of the things we said because there was five of us present for one meeting. We felt, you know, this is not enough people to contribute ideas here we really want to make this a open collaborative process but we were saying um we we probably would be looking to apply for state funding but not entirely we wouldn't want to just be reliant on the state because as you say what if there's a political shift we lose that funding we don't want to be entirely subject uh, to that mm. um i think i think that moving on actually that that's a what you were saying about um, the community sort of building this project together and people getting engaged. Mm. I think that's a key reason why I wanted to uh, produce this podcast is that um, I think I think this podcast can sort of act as a way that people can keep up to date on what's happening. Um, it's not just sort of 
um, it basically each episode will kind of be talking about our development. It'll also be talking to people who've done sort of um, research on this, like Marsha Smith. Um, but it's not something that you have to just sort of listen passively to. If you listen to the podcast uh, and you have an idea, then you can absolutely get in touch. Um, you can, I think, well, uh, I think it was it Sam, another person who was at the meeting last week, said he was going to create some sort of um, a Google Drive for documents. You can absolutely um, get involved, put your ideas on there. Um, our meetings are in Sheffield at the moment, so it might be quite difficult for people to actually attend if they're, say, in Glasgow. But um, we do want to make this an open collaborative process, and I think that's where this mm. this podcast comes into that. Mm. I think it's likely we'll have a website where people can follow. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Follow developments as well. Mm. Yeah, and and I think another thing to say is um, the uh, the minutes uh, of the last meeting are in a in a will be in a public doc for people to access what mm. was formally minuted mm. um so let's talk a little bit more about uh last meeting i think we've covered a lot of the points of what we talked about mm. really because this first meeting uh was very much about what on earth what on earth is a national food service it was making sure that we were on the same page in terms of mm. um understanding the values of it and where we were coming from um which we've already covered here. We did talk about structure a little bit um, and we had this idea that we kind of wanted to make it a decentralised structure. Can you tell us a bit more about about that? Yeah, so I think in terms of... Um, it, I'm really interested uh, in, in organisational methodologies um, and how we can um, create more resilient systems for f- public services. I think that... Um, we having um trying to create a framework a a shared and distributed framework between mutual actors but also um who reciprocally support one another and kind of help each other is a really good aim um i mean there are certain hurdles and pitfalls um with kind of trying to create a decentralized system in in a um which it, technically they're more resilient over a longer period of time so for mm. instance um if we create like different networks of of individuals and groups and and um it over a longer period it will seem uh we'll see the change um but i think that one of the things the problems we encounter are kind of how we interrelate with each other um how we kind of sustain ourselves during this process so in terms of financial sustainability and then actually how we can kind of start to um kind of grow the movement around that so how do we share educational repositories and how do we share share knowledge between ourselves and how do we keep this kind of uh you know locked in the public domain so that actually uh kind of um, it's it, it, you make sure that it, it's all kind of for the common good um, and the kind of non-profit and kind of egalitarian um, kind of uh, things that we believe or like uh, that others share perhaps Absolutely. will will kind of align so we can create something which is a shared resource for all. Um, so yeah, there, but- there's there's kinds of um, these kinds of discussions um, are about how you how you um, actually structure something like that because... We did have this... um, uh, Somebody raised the idea at at the meeting of of having this sort of national food service 
HQ, HQ as it were, of almost um, the national, the main sort of national food service thing being almost like an advisory and research and sort mm. of funding support body uh, mm. so that would sort of source funding, run research into things, provide advice on things. So, for example, uh, one thing it could provide advice on would be mm. to to food banks, uh, which aren't run in the same way that Food Hall is run. It, they're, they only sort of cater to one element of the community. They can be quite depressing places to be. Um, and, yeah, they're not around, they're not built around the same sort of community ideas. Um, and uh, National Food Service could sort of provide advice to those organisations. Um, and then alongside this sort of central uh, body, which is a sort of cross between like a think tank and a, mm. a sort of organisational admin thing, mm. you'd have affiliated organisations, which would be things like Food Hall and similar yeah. projects. So, so this is a really interesting idea. I think we need to, uh, like, and this is why it's really important to open this discussion up to the community in this area, mm. like this, where this podcast is really handy, because I think there's a lot of ideas around how it could be could be structured best kind of what long-term aims of what we're doing um so like if we're looking at you know if there are, imagine a national food service in 50 years in the future um you know for example some of the different things that we might look at a food infrastructure you know um helping develop food infrastructure we might look at kind of helping um build uh food sharing spaces which are um about communal eating we also might help uh, with food surplus food or redistribution so for example looking at how that might work um also kind of help engage with other community groups who um might there's a lot of knowledge between them but it might not have spread widely enough so because there's not enough educational um emphasis in these areas um and also kind of maybe uh, like digital infrastructures around um how how these uh things work and as well as things like gleaning networks and you know yeah, like yeah, feedback definitely. global yeah. like look at these kinds of fascinating th- and that's one of the things that they brought to discussion feedback global um are a great think tank that already operate in london and they mm. um are doing some incredible work about kind of creating great gleaning networks and kind of reducing surplus on that level so they kind of inputted into this um discussion um which is i think that uh how we structure it we uh kind of have a clear idea of what we're aiming to do and what we want to do is kind of maybe create the organizational structure around like some aims yeah i i think for me at this this kind of stage um we've got to we've got to cast a net wide to 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 the national food service is, is about an entire kind of social ecology for the United Kingdom. It's about where where food is coming from. It's about who's getting that food and it's about where it's going once it's been used. It's an entire kind of yeah, ecology of, of, it, of itself. So it has to cast a net wide. It's got to be yeah, about food redistribution. It's got to be about where food is being grown, how it's being grown, how the people growing it are organised. Mm-hmm. It and so to that extent, it, it's got to have a, a wide remit, and so it's got to be amenable to a lot of people. But I think it's it's also got to be able to it, it, it should aim to organise these disparate groups of different values in a, in a way 
that to, towards a kind of socially equitable sort of uh, absolutely direction yeah. yeah we've kind of shared i think that this is a beautiful thing about uh some of the really we had some really great discussions um as part of the real junk food project network and and real junk food project network are, are kind of uh currently going through a few teething problems and and it was really um kind of good to we had some organizations down in Birmingham got in touch with us um, to talk about creating mutual um, you know shared learning and teaching workshops mm. and things like that um, and I think that like in terms of what we want to do is um, create a kind of grassroots um, system where where people can really um, harness all of their shared values because there are really shared touch points where people can you know see eye to eye on these things already but then there's an acknowledgement that there's so much work to do um mm. in this in this space you know if there's 40 percent of the world's food is wasted for example there needs to yeah. be literally that many places that distributing that food there needs to be just as many as as um was mentioned by um bryce evans there needs to almost be just as many shops on the high street doing domestic scale community cooking activity as there are selling the food yeah yeah which yeah. is kind of a surreal image but it's also like maybe it's a very natural and human image and, and maybe more in line with how human civilization has functioned for the longest period absolutely you know but go on sorry, sorry. oh no what we can say <laughs> so I, say, I mean but to you do you think the remit of national food service is just these kind of um, these kind of future communities, future and present community spaces where food is shared, or do you think within the, the remit of National Food Service, there's also um, who's selling the food, where the food being sold yeah. is coming oh, yeah. from? And yeah, because absolutely. I'm really inspired by uh, the work that a number of cooperatives are doing in Sheffield, uh, yeah. putting. Um, cooperatives at the centre of these mm. this kind of food selling yeah. network and I, th I think that this um I think that this is the the essence of um what we're thinking about I think is about kind of how divergent groups can operate uh, and kind of collaborate with one another yeah. to create um what will be a kind of a very diverse um, kind of system, which mm. is a complete alternative to this one we currently have as well. So are you thinking there's an equitable food system of which National Food Service is a part or a National Food Service in companies all, of all it. growing and selling it? I mean, that's a question. Um, I think that mm. I would, I would say that it would try to, have a, at least have a partnership or dialogue with any kind of organization that might do this. I think yeah. that I think generally the idea is that we kind of have a quite an agile approach to how how we build this definitely so yeah. over time we don't have this over time we build it with with little iterations and kind of develop um really clean kind of changes that are um influenced by kind of the pin to kind of the the core values of the um of of the idea because for example cooperatives what they do do incredibly well is that they bring community groups together around 
shared causes and they um, can kind of help people co-create and become members of you know essentially a, a work a workplace you know yeah. and I think that having a as you say a wide wide remit and having at this early stage focus on educational and shared educational resources I'm just going to move it forward a little bit because uh, I'm conscious that it's time. my my <laughs> no that my battery's a little bit low. I think it'll be fine. I'll be fine for another five or ten minutes. Okay, but <laughs> I don't want it to just cut out on us. We can edit um, it in post. Yeah, it'll just like <laughs> it'll just end very abruptly. Um, so we um, the final thing that we talked about really at the meeting um, was our sort of short and long-term goals. Um, so I think short-term, we, we were thinking we'd try, we'd like to try and sort of get some kind of funding from the off to help mm. with our, to help with this. Um, but the, short, the main short-term goal was really getting the ideas about what, what our plan is out there. Because as you say, it's sort of on a slight tangent to the set of values that this society holds at present. Mm. Um, and we kind of want to go back to almost sort of wartime or post-war values, which were much more about sort of nationalisation mm. and um, collaboration and community. Mm. Um, and then um, and then it was sort of a more long-term goal to start thinking once we'd sort of built up mm. sort of much greater public support in what we're doing to start thinking more um, formally about policies and, and research and everything like that. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, and so we had a meeting last week. We've got another one tomorrow, is it? Mm-hmm. I think. It is. Yeah. Ooh. Um, what are we going to discuss at that? We were thinking much more about the campaign from here. You had lots of ideas, Louis. Um, so a, the idea, I think, at the moment is talk. we want to focus more on this kind of media promotion of the concepts uh, in its broadest sense, Um to act as a kind of um, a campaign for a lot of people to become interested in, but at the same time, in, uh, raise awareness around the possibility of change, um, and also kind of maybe help, uh, maybe try to um, kind of get some, uh, you know, get a lot of people to have or assume a kind of local contact status. So for example, um, we'd really love for different people across the country to form their own kind of working groups and their local contact or become a local contact about around this because this is one of the best ways to um, create this kind of decentralized organizing structures. Like it doesn't really matter which organization or kind of what, uh, what, what you're a part of, but it what really matters is that in each of these kinds of organizations, there's a local contact kind of represents or or feeds into the kind of global um, ideas and and then every now and then we'll kind of get together have really big discussions so what what we've started with the national food service symposium is this the beginnings of this kind of decentralized organizing structure perhaps where you know for instance we did this event but we have no kind of ownership over this event. We gave the torch over to Marsha Smith mm. and she's doing this event in Nottingham next year. And then she's handing a torch over to someone in Coventry who are doing it the year after. And then we can kind of like galvanize our efforts around these kinds of, uh, these kinds of uh, symposium 
um, where we kind of continually touch base on a broader scale, uh, but at the same time, we kind of have lots of local level meetings and kind of um, create activism. And this is really learning a lot from larger kind of activist networks across across the gl- globally yeah, and how definitely. they organise. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, I guess you can talk a little bit more about that. So, so yeah, I mean, what I'd like in the <coughs> in the short term is is being able to put together some kind of um like workbook or kind of like provisional set of uh, of what what the national food service is about mm-hmm. and so that other activist groups from these kind of disparate networks that we want to work with have some kind of uh way to touch base with what it is that the national food service stands for mm-hmm. and how it can help their organization and then have them in 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 some way uh touch base to us to say that they are if not they don't have to be you know fully supportive of everything we say but that they are willing to work with the the national food service so they they're making some kind of visible uh, kind of uh visible display of of support for this kind of goal Mm. yeah so the idea is um perhaps to have like for instance, a badge that people put on their websites. Oh, Maybe yeah. we've got lots of T-shirts and kind of like you know, people that really kind of feel like one of the campaigns we launched just very locally was this idea of I'm creating a national food service that actually if everyone says that um, together, then we all create a national food service and it's totally possible. Um, some very nice T-shirts as well. Mm. Yeah, some really nice T-shirts. So this kind of uh, idea of kind of collective individuality, like, you know, we're all consensually creating this kind of national food service and together um once there are people that say you know put their hand up in each individual community and say hey you know i i want to create a national food service as well you know this is something right on my street i'm totally into this so um, what we should call the podcast perhaps creating a um, i'm creating food a national food service. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's quite a cool idea so um maybe we call it that but yeah so that's the Solid. idea of like that people who put their hand up and then they contribute to this repository because of, of course it's agile and of course we need to work out what that is but the idea is um kind of in the public i think uh, uh, from national food service symposium this kind of concept that i think a lot of uh, groups across the country kind of there are people that have mutually dreamt about these things mm. it, albeit independently kind of like actually what if we could really take what we're doing at this scale to the next level and kind of make it a lot bigger better and have a lot I more think support, this is it. You know? i think this is it at the moment is is create a kind of banner that this all gets organized under that people are having discussions and when they're talking about these things they're talking about the national food service and they've got somewhere to touch base with because we know yeah. that these things are happening all over the country and in different ways and with different venues. We we want somewhere that mm. it can all be, mm. this is National Food Service, this is what we want, this is mm. how we're going to get there. <laughs> so going forward, I think next week we plan to, tomorrow in fact, we plan to look at, yeah, taking this to the next level in terms of getting the ideas out there, maybe building a website, maybe uh, building a... I don't know a drive well, you, you of might ideas. Well, we might well have a website that we you're listening well... to this on. Oh yes, yeah, yes, that would be incredible. Also, future. Well, I think that's right. that's right. it for this week. Great. And see you. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thank for you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay. One take.